Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And if you don't recognize my voice, it's because I have a little cold. But hopefully we'll be able to go through the evening. However, since it's difficult, I, I decided that I'm going to reward the people who listen till the end. I'm going to give a special monetary uh, prize to the people who listened through the whole program today. Somewhere near the end of the show, I'm going to announce the prizes and you'll be able to take advantage of it. Uh, right now, I want to, I really want today to take a little bit of a, an excursion and follow with me. And I'm going to share with you something that I think is really very, very important. I'll, I'll summarize it now and then we'll discuss it at length. It's a story, and it's the background of the story. It's about uh, the details, the halachos, and what it means to us. The story is very simple. On in this past Friday, when uh, I decided to daven mincha early, I like to daven sometimes mincha early, because that way, when Shabbos comes in, I could uh, accept Shabbos, a few minutes before sunset, which is not so simple. If you're davening with a minion, uh, they're usually finishing up mincha and they don't get to Kabbalah Shabbos right away. So it's a little bit uh, tricky catching, uh, the, 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 the din of, uh, of, of accepting Shabbos in two or three minutes early. We call Toysvis Shabbos. So my way of doing things is to accept Shabbos. If, if there's still Davani Mincha, I'll accept Shabbos and answer Amen, uh, to the, to the brachos, but Shabbos is, exists for me already. But it's not the, the prime, so I like the idea sometimes Davani Mincha early. And it has a plus that you can concentrate. Because when you are pressured to get into Shul on time for the Davening on Friday afternoon, sometimes it's, it's, uh, very difficult. Things come up the last minute in the house, and you are you're pressured to the point where you might come a little late. For sure, if you come even a minute late in the most shuls, one minute, one minute late is a long time. <laughs> Maybe half a minute late in some shuls. It's it's very hard to finish up davening and catch the kriyas the kedusha on time. So it gets a little sticky. And the best I find is if you can daven mincha early, which I sometimes do. And I came to show daven mincha early. And I, I like to sit sort of in the back because I don't like this, that anybody should step uh, in front of me and I shouldn't have to step in front of anybody else getting in and getting out. I'm, I'm in a place where I think I'm pretty safe and I start davening. Unfortunately, there's a gentleman, a young fellow, um, I think he was in his, still in his twenties. He's davening a little bit behind me, a little bit to the side, a little behind me. And, uh, I see that Chazaras Hashat started and uh, he hasn't finished. I'm not scared that this happens very often. I don't walk back in front of anybody. So I'm waiting over there and I figure I'll answer Kedusha. I'll answer a main. Can't say Baruch Hu Baruch Shemai, but I can answer Amen, and I can answer uh, Kedusha, at least the main parts, and uh, I'll be okay. 
you know. And then eventually he'll walk back. So we thought that, so we do that, Kedusha, uh, a few amains, and then I suddenly see that he's not moving. I mean, he's still solidly in the Shimon Esrei. Very nice, nice young man, davening well. And then uh, we finish, finish davening Chazar uh, Sashats. It's Friday afternoon, there's no Tachanun, so you go ahead and next thing is Elenu, and the Kaddish, and we're finished. And he's still davening Shimon Esrei. Or at least his eyes are closed, and he's, uh, I think he's moving his lips are moving. And he's there. And, uh, well, I what I do is I wait. Some people wiggle a little bit to the side, and they feel they're not walking in front of him. Some people, uh, you know, don't even care about this whole halacha. Whatever it is, I'm waiting. And a good, good amount of time went by. So, he finally finished Shimon Esrei. I wait for him to do his Elenu. And then I told him what I always tell everybody. Because of David Feinstein told it to me. So I feel I could tell it to people. I asked of David Feinstein a number of years ago. I asked him, uh, what's supposed to be with people who are davening long? And they're, you know, staying in the back of the shul and people can't walk in front of them. So he said, they should be told that they should daven in the front. And that's what they're supposed to do. If you want to be marich and tefillah, you daven in the front. This way you don't inconvenience anybody. So it was a nice young fellow, very smiley. You know, he said hello to me right away. He knew I was he knew I was waiting for him. So I told him, uh, you know, it, it was a little bit difficult in a way. I'd wait uh, a few minutes here. <laughs> it's probably 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, it, it was David Feinstein told me, so I always tell him what David Feinstein told me. I don't tell him what to do. I tell him what David Feinstein told me that people should be told to do. And this way it's a story form. It isn't something where I'm, like, you know, making uh, making him feel at ill at ease. I'm telling him a story. So I did it, tell him a little story that, you know, David Feinstein said that people with the, Asked, I asked him what the fine, see what to do, and he said that. Okay. So I figured he'll say, okay, I'll try my best next time. He says, I don't know from this uh, problem of walking in front of people during Davin. He said, my rabbis say, it's okay. So I said, uh huh. I hear your rabbis say it's okay, but there's plenty of people who don't do that. It's not, it's not my issue. And he's not, he's smiling away. He says, nothing really wrong. So I said to him, it could be that the you know the your all your rabbis are right that today maybe we don't you know not, we're not careful about it or whatever the reason is you know whatever they said I said but I'm davening waiting for people to finish davening and other people are doing that and we uh, you know we're davening together with you in the same shul and uh, you know. It would be appropriate for you to be concerned about us because we're going to do this. He says, he didn't think there's anything wrong with what he's doing. He didn't think there's anything wrong with what he's doing. He could dive him wherever he wants and we could fly a kite. But he's smiling away and everything like that. So I said, here's the final line I told him. I couldn't do any more than this. I said, I waited 10 minutes for you. Would you do me a favor? 
ask a posek in your community, ask a posek what he says to do. Is there something that you are you supposed to be concerned about other Jews who are concerned about this issue? I didn't force him to tell me he's going to ask his rabbi. I don't really care about it. I can't worry. But it started me thinking. I said, you know, let me see this halacha again. I studied this halacha quite a bit, and, and I, I really didn't see such leniencies in it. But then I started thinking about all the things I know about it, and I thought maybe a good thing to put together for today. So that's what I did. So let's go back to the sources. But before the sources, maybe we should tell a couple of stories. There's no question, everybody has heard stories about this thing, about the davening. I've heard extraordinary stories about it, about not interrupting people during davening, extraordinary. And interrupting people during davening is not just walking in front of them, sitting down when they're davening, staying seated when they're davening, and you're doing something other than davening is not permitted. If they're in the middle of Shemun Esrei, then you're not permitted to uh, stay seated. We're going to go through that halacha. In, in uh, when the person is saying Kaddish or Shema, the first posuk, you're not allowed to walk in front of them just like in Shimon Esrei. That's what it says in Shulchan Aruch. And, I, I mean, Shulchan Aruch is a combination of the Sephard and the Ashkenaz. It's basically what we're all supposed to be doing. Admittedly, there are always different opinions and things change, etc. But it's in the Gemara and it's in the Shulchan Aruch. That should be pretty good for, you know, two big things, two big parts of it. So I'm going to go now back to the Gemara. The Gemara, there are two different Gemaras. They're both famous Gemaras and clear as a bell. Both in Masech the Brachas. One is on Daf Lamed Aleph and one Daf Chav Zayin. The one on Daf Lamed Aleph is amazing and uh, most people have heard of it. I mean, a lot of people have heard of it. The famous case about Chana when she was davening and Eli was, uh, thought she was a, a drunkard. And the Gemara on Davlamet Aleph in Brochus, Lamed Aleph on base in Brochus, learns out from the story of Chana most of the halachos that we keep with, in regard to davening. Most of our halachos of davening are from that blot of Gemara and it's basically all Chana and Eli. So that's really the source of really what Davani is all about. And in that case over there, Chana says to Eli, Ani imcho I'm the woman who was standing with you at this place last year. I mean, at, you know, a few years ago, actually, when she brought back... Uh, you know, when she bought um, uh, her, her son, she said, I was the one who was standing there with you. When, now, uh, she was standing there. What do you mean she was standing there? Ailey is the queen. He doesn't have to stand for her. But when she's davening, he has to stand. Because the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, from here we see, Mikan she'osr le'shev, 
when a person is in the middle of Shmon Esrei, that's what we call tefillah. It is forbidden to sit within four amas of that person. We'll discuss what amas are in a few minutes. So here we are, uh, you know, we, 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 the person is sitting in Dalit amas of another person. Not allowed to do it. Why? Why not? Well, first of all, if you're sitting in front of them, it looks like they're davening to you. And in any event, it's not covered for Hashem because the person is davening to Hashem, it's not covered. Taisva says an amazing thing, which I'm going to comment on briefly. Mikan also So the Taisva says, Dafka It's only talking about if a person is not involved in Torah study. If he either was learning, it doesn't say it here, but it's a, either he was learning, or he was in the middle of davening, saying, etc., himself, then he has, if he's doing what they call, he's doing nothing, then he has to stand up. So I heard from Rav Gershon Ribner from Lakewood, this particular Toysvus, and he, he commented, he says, can this really be this way? Can it be that Eliyah Cain, the leader of Kalai Israel, should be Yoshev Bottle? He should be sitting there twiddling his thumbs, doing something, uh, some, some arithmetic in his head? What was he doing? Counting light bulbs? Counting sheep? What was he doing? Yoshev Bottle? So Rabbi Ribner explains uh, based upon many sources, but I don't have anything in front of me right now to discuss. But the the point is that anything other than Torah study, even important things, and real important, <laughs> our life is always you know based on important things, right? We have always are discussing important things with our friends. That those things that we are thinking about and discussing, even though they're very important. And maybe about mitzvos, but Rabbi Ribna points out it's not Torah, and anything that's not Torah is considered Yoshevu Bottle. It's like he's just doing nothing. If you think about it, it's a very deep point, and I wish I could go into it more, but if you get us a tape around, uh, a, a CD from Rabbi Ribner, and uh, it's on there, maybe someday I'll discuss it here, I'm not sure, <laughs> but if you. <laughs> Call me up or contact me. I'll let you know what he's, what's going on there. In any event, that's the first source. The case of a person davening, the people around them have to stand up. The first time I really saw this in full form, I was at a simcha. It was very strange. I'll tell you what happened. I was at a simcha. I think it was a chasana, but it could have been a bar mitzvah. I don't know what it was. And I was at a table together, or right, the table was next to the table with Rabbi Chaim Mintz, who was the head of Ura, and he's the Mashkiach in the Yeshiva Staten Island. And Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Mintz saw somebody davening behind us and stood up and told us all stand up. Everyone should stand up. And that's the first time I ever saw that. I don't think I saw it before. 
Um, maybe I saw it, you know, in easy ways. But here he was just very forceful about it. And he made sure that we all stood up. And we did. And I, and I got the message. And even though that person who was davening was not with us, was like behind us a little bit to the side, but uh, we're not supposed to be sitting if that person is davening. Even though I'm sure he was discussing Torah with the people there, but he felt it was inappropriate to sit, and we all stood. That gives you a little taste of this uh, about the sitting. Now the Gemara, which is the most famous one, and Chavzayin and Aleph, is the one we all know. It's a story. The story is about Rav. Rav happened to come to Bay Geneva the house of Geneva, and he was davening, Shabbos davening, in the daytime, early Shabbos, I don't know if it was early Shabbos, the way you people make it today, but it was it was early, it was not his regular davening time. Baba Matzle Bey, Rabbi Yirmiya Ba'aba, La'acharei, and Rabbi Yirmiya Ba'aba was davening behind Rav. Now Rav, is super. Rav is is one of those superheroes. Rav in the Gemara says Rav Tana Upalik. You have to understand. I mean, this, to me, this was always a big thing. I don't know if it affects the young people today the way it affected me, but when you learn about how Torah is set up, there's Tanoim and Amoyroyim. And of course, Gaonim and Saboroyim and uh, Rishonim and Acharonim and late Acharonim, whatever you want to call them, and then Poiskim, whatever it is, and then us. We're like in the end of the game here. But in the, in the Tanoim, the time of the Tanoim, up until 200 CE, uh, until 200 are counting, that kufa from like 200 before CE and 200 after CE for about 400 years that's a Tanayim they were the masters of our Torah Shabbal Peh that's the Mishnah the Gemara is the Amoroyim they came after the Tanayim and now in a certain sense they had no, they had a limited movement they could not argue on a Tana which means if all the Mishnayas list two or three approaches, nobody after that could introduce a new approach to halacha. It means if one says mutter and one says asr, or all of them say mutter in the Mishnah, or whatever it is, nobody has the right to argue on those tanoim. Nobody can come up with a new idea. It's closed. And and so therefore the Moroyim can discuss the words of the Tanoim. The Moroyim can bring proof from one Tana against another Tana, but they can't introduce anything new that disagrees with all the Tanoim in the Mishnah and the Raisa. There's no way to do it. But Rav, Tana Upalik, Rav could, because Rav was a Talmud of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was at the end of the Tanoim, who put together the Mishnah. And Rav is his student, and Shmuel also. But Rav more so, and the Gemara says Rav Tanu Polik, he could say something different 
than all the others because in effect he was a Tana. Shmuel also. But Mav definitely was a Tana. And he lived in the two periods, the Tanoic period and in the Amoric period. And Rav is davening now, and behind him is davening, Rav, Rav, uh, davening behind him is Rav Yirmiya Ba'aba, who is an Amora, who, who, who doesn't, uh, is not on the level of Rav. The seeing Rav, and Rav finished, Rav's the Rebbe. Rabbi Yehuda Ba'aba is the Talmud. And he finished davening. And his Talmud is still davening behind him. So, Shmami no Tlas. The Gemara says, we learn three things from here. We learn that a person is allowed to daven early on Shabbos, before Shabbos. Whatever that means exactly, I'm not going to discuss today. And we learn from here, Mispalil Talmud Acheri Rabo, that a Talmud could daven behind his Rebbe, which by the way, we don't, we necessarily agree with, but the, and, and it was the final decision. But at this point, the Gemara wanted to bring that from the story that Rabbi Yirmiya by Abba felt free to daven behind his Rebbe. And the third thing we learned, says the Gemara, and Shema uh, Mino Asur, it's forbidden, Lavord Kinegad Amispalim, to go in front of the people who are davening Shmonesrei. It is forbidden, asur. Okay? The Gemara says, Messiah Leila Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. This story supports the position of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, who said, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, asur, lavor, kenegadam is palim. It's forbidden to go in front of the people who are davening. I don't remember exactly who it was, but I did read it. I, it was one of the Early people in the, in in Eretz Israel in the last hundred years. He said that you can't walk in front of an Arab when he's davening, when he's praying to his God. That's what he said. And the loch is, and the way I understand the Shulchan Aruch, as brought down in the Svarim, that children and women. So you can't die. It's leaving a little child. I asked Rabbi David Feinstein. He said you can't die. walk in front of a little child. He's davening. It's. Uh, I mean, you know, he's, he's he knows who he's davening to. He's holding the sitter. He's reading the words. Okay, he doesn't know what they all mean. So a lot of people don't know what they all mean. He's 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 a little child. He may get distracted. A lot of people get distracted. A gentleman. With a long coat today, it was a, a Talmud Chacham, learns all day, said to me, we're all struggling in davening. So this boy is not different than the man in the black coat, long black coat. We're all struggling in davening. So this Gemara is clear as a bell. And uh, the Gemara actually ends up in the Shulchan Aruch. If you want to look it up, it's... 102, it's Kuf Bay, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Kuf Bay's, small whole set of halachas, Shalola Hafsik Kenegadam is Palil, not to walk in front of the people who are davening. 
And there's two parts to it. One about sitting down, we talked about before. But what I'm interested in is Seif Dalit. I'm reading to you now the Shulchan Aruch, which is the Mechaber, and the Ramor doesn't disagree. Mechaber is the uh, is the the head of all the Sephardic poiskim of history. Asur laavor keneged hamispalim. One cannot walk in front of people with davening. Besoch dalit amos within four amos of them. Only in front, not in the sides. Others, like the Zohar, say even the sides. Okay, now we're 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 saying that you can't walk in Dalit Amos. What is Dalit Amos? First of all, let's use real numbers so we won't get confused. I'm going to give you meters and feet. Why am I doing meters? Because that's how they do it in Israel. And they, um, they're giving the two shiurim of the most popular shiurim, which are the Chazonish and Reb Chaim Noah. Chaim now is always the, the, the lower one, the more lenient one. And the Chazonish is always the more strict one. The Chazonish says 2.32 meters. And that translates into feet 7.32. Six feet, which is uh, you know about seven and a half feet, almost eight feet. That means eight feet, an eight foot table. That's one way of gearing yourself up. Uh, eight feet. Uh, I can't tell you if you might. I'll tell you what I do. If they have those little boxes in the show on the floor, those boxes are usually one foot each. And if you're not sure, you can always measure it with your foot. If you have a foot that's 12 inches, a shoe that's 12 inches. But in any event, you should be able to get an idea of what's the seven and a half feet. The more lenient amount here is Reb Chaim Noah, who says 1.92 meters, which I did the arith, I did, thank you for, I did it on the, uh, the, the trans, uh, I transferred it in. It's 6.3 feet. So about six feet, four inches. So a little more than six feet. You got at least, you got Reb Chaim Noah. Ideally, you want to have eight feet. Now, this, these feet work the following way. Imagine the man is standing Shimon Esri right over here. You see him? Draw a circle around him, four amas in each direction. The radius of the circle is is, uh, let's say, 7.6 feet, almost 8 feet, radius, diameter, that means 16 feet, almost 16 feet. So you figure 7.5 feet from wherever that man is standing. So it doesn't, you know, as if you're a little bit in the front, a little to the side, so then you could be a little closer to him, because that your seven and a half feet puts you a little bit, you can walk back in it a little bit. But um, though not everybody in the same row is the same distance from the guy who's diving behind them. And I've seen people in a tie-up. It looks like Monday morning in Flatbush and Borough Park. You, I see a tie-up 
Like when you're waiting for the for the garbage truck, Lahavdil. Lahavdil, when they're waiting for a garbage truck. And all the cars are lined up and they're beeping their horns. They want to go and they can't. They're locked. I've seen several people, as many as three other people, lined up. Sometimes one person in front of another person in front of another person or two people in front of the same guy behind them, or whatever it is. I've seen a number of people jammed up, okay? That's what. That's the real world. That is happening for the people who are careful with this halacha. We continue. Now, what's the reason for this whole thing? Well, by the way, there is a safer. If you get a hold of the safer... Hold on tight to your yarmulke or shaitl, or if you're a girl, you don't have to hold on to anything, but it, hold on to something because it's a very strong, a strong book if you've never seen it. It's a great cipher. I saw it many years ago and I have it in the house, but when I was looking for it today, it, it, I didn't see it. Or maybe I loaned it to somebody or maybe I just didn't look well enough. The name of the cipher is Dalid Amos. Shaltfila, for Amos of Davening, which is exactly what we're talking about. I was introduced to that sefer by Label Birnbaum, who was Shmuel Birnbaum's son, Nifter before Birnbaum. Label was a, a tzaddik gummer, and he was into this. And what's interesting to me is when we had a yeshiva, yeshiva was Birkas Ruvain, for 19 years, we had yeshiva. And I spoke to the Rosh Yeshiva about this question, about the, about walking in front of people. And he said, when I was in Europe, in Mir Yeshiva, actually it was in Shanghai, in Mir Yeshiva, we weren't careful about this law about working in front of other people. Okay. So that's what he said was going on in the yeshiva in Mir. And Shmuel Birnbaum was the Rosh Yeshiva of Mir Yeshiva here in Brooklyn, his son Label, Rav Label, Birnbaum, Zatzal, it was a, it was very, very careful about this halacha. And, and I remember we were talking about it. He introduced me to the safe and we discussed a number of halachas. And I, 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 I think it's really a very well accepted halacha in many, many circles. It's true, it wasn't always being observed. But it doesn't mean that it's not a Shulchan Aruch book. I just read it to you from the Shulchan Aruch. I'm not going to read the Mishitabrura. First of all, it's hard for me to speak. Secondly, you know, there's only so much you can handle, and we still have a lot to go. So what's the reason for all this? So we mentioned already, one of the reasons is you shouldn't disturb the person when he's davening. And the other reason is, the main reason is, that Hashem is standing there in front of the person davening. And if you're walking between Hashem and the person davening, it's disrespectful to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So even if you tell me, the guy doesn't really daven today, it's not really having good kavana, or he doesn't care, he told me he doesn't mind if I walk there, or whatever your excuse, did you ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu? And many people hold that that's the reason for this whole halacha. You're not allowed to walk there. And that's important because, uh, you know, when you're talking about a child who's davening, 
you know, uh, and maybe he doesn't have the greatest kavana, but a Kaddish Baruch who's standing there. It's not, not Pashat. There are other reasons too. There are other reasons that are given as well. One of them, if you think sitting down, as we mentioned, maybe it looks like he's davening to you. And, uh, so, and also, the Torah writes that, uh, he says, Nibnesh nira ki'ilo hi, chaveiro mekabel alav o machushamayim, for who ain't no mekabel. It's like this person is davening, and you're not interested. You're Yosheva Batal. You're not interested. So obviously that's like a, you know, like, it, it, it's, 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 it's disrespectful to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to the whole idea. Now there's a big question whether somebody can come into a room, whether people are learning and daven, and that affects them to kind of stand up. I and mean, that's a different question. I'm not talking about that tonight. But we're talking about the main reasons that we should be careful about this particular halacha. I mentioned before that many people don't know that Shema and Kaddish also fall into this category. And it's important because if you're in a rush to get to your seat and they started Shema already, then you have to watch out. You really shouldn't walk in front of people. It's just the first pasuk, really. Kaddish is a major problem because in a lot of the shows that I've seen, people are already on the train walking out the door. You'll see that before Kaddish starts, they go, in the middle of Kaddish, somebody waits until Amen Yeshmei Rabbah, and then he's out the door. Someone waits till Nevi'imru Amen, and he's out the door. Another one goes almost till the end, and he's out the door. And another one stays till the last Amen, and he's out the door. That's what I see in Shul. So the question is, where did you start walking? The man's staying Kaddish right over there. Did you walk in front of him to get out the door? Wait a second. That's being mafria him from Kaddish. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the Davin and say Kaddish. I've had to. I had to do two years of it. I actually did more for other people, but I'm saying for my parents. And when you Davin and say Kaddish, a lot of people, it's an emotional thing, especially a Gare, a Baljuva. A lot of them, it's a very emotional thing. And it's very sensitive. And some people have difficulty concentrating. And some people have difficulty saying it. Valchuvas. And some people, when they daven and switching between Ashkenaz and Sfard, if they only daven Ashkenaz and then Sfard Minyar or vice versa, it's hard for them to concentrate to get it exactly perfect. And you're running in front of them to get out the door, maybe even in the middle of the, of Kaddish. That's, that's not really, that's not really right. Not right at all. You have to give some thought to it. Now, aren't there some exceptions? The answer is yes. We're going to discuss them. The first one is a misconception. Many people started this excuse and, and they want to, uh, you know, to use it as a way out. They say, people don't daven well anymore. It really doesn't matter. It says, uh, 
and and you see that that some people you see that it's not being practiced you see a lot of good people who seem to do a lot of good mitzvahs and they don't seem to be careful about this so you know it it confuses people i brought, i mentioned on the radio a few weeks ago that this fellow who i know said that he was really playing with the idea of not following everything in Shulchan Aruch. Because he said the people around him were not following Shulchan Aruch. He saw that in the middle of Chazar Sashatz, repeating the Shemun Esrei, people were going ahead and talking, learning, doing whatever they were doing. I saw somebody today in Kriya Torah. He had a whole conversation with somebody else without a word. It was all visual. He made signs this way and jokes that way. I couldn't believe it. Two people, their minds were completely removed from what they were doing. And they would say, I heard the Kriyasatur. You heard the Kriyasatur? Your mind was in, I just made sure I didn't look in their direction. You couldn't believe it. Faces and movements and this and jokes. You know, if you see two kids do that, so you figure, well, no one ever trained them. But these were adults, men uh, in their 40s, if not 50s, not knowing that, okay, you, you don't want, you, you know, you don't want to be outside Kriyasatur, or you don't want this. But please, you're in the shul. Amazing. Anyway, so some people are lazy, don't do it. So the question is, is it really an issue? And, um, it doesn't, you know, some people say, it doesn't bother me if you, if you walk in front of me. I'm used to it. I'm a, it doesn't bother me anymore. So that is that, an, that's a teritz, not a real, that's not an exception. That's an excuse and it's worth nothing. I'd like to read this to you over here. It says that uh, the Shiles and Chuvis, Yeshua's Moshe, writes the following. Exactly the opposite, he says. Because people's davening is weak today, we shouldn't even, met, we shouldn't do anything to weaken it anymore. Instead, we should strengthen it. By your avoiding walking in front of that person, you're giving the person half a chance to think about a Kaddish Baruch Hu a little bit more. Okay, maybe his fill is not that great. But at least he has a, a fighting chance. Here's what he wrote. Adaraba, do aka. This is the reason why you should be not doing this. The kavon in davening today is very weak. The slightest uh, disruption. It drags a person's brain away from davening completely. And the little bit of kavana that he did have in his davening flies away. Now that's the reason why we should be careful about this halacha today. Not because 
people don't care, but because people don't care. <laughs> because people don't care and their davening isn't any good. That's why we should be so careful not to disrupt it even once more, Mashu, because that we can do. Now, a lot of people use as an excuse, and in some cases it's true, in some cases it's false. They say, a mechitza. They say the chair is a mechitza, the table is a mechitza. That's not true. It's not a mechitza. A mechitza has to be lovewood. I'm not going to discuss that topic today. A chair is not a mechitza. A table, in most cases, is not a mechitza. It has to be down to the ground. It has to be 10 tefachim high, which is 40 inches. It has to be filled in, not, you know, just uh, spaces, big spaces in between. You need to have something significant. But if you have that, 10 tefachim high, it works for sitting in front of it, but not for standing and walking in front of somebody. Because when you're walking in front of somebody, even if there's a mechitz up to his stomach, a little above his stomach, he sees you and he's disturbed. And I got a surprise. If you stick your hand out and pass something over to a friend in front of you, if you put money in a tzedakah box in front of his nose, the chances are he lost his shmona esra's kavana completely. And not only that, he may even be thinking about what you just did and how inconsiderate it was. And he might finish the Shemona Esrei without any attention to the Tfil at all. So really, if you want to be fair, you want to give tzedakah, take a quarter, a dollar, whatever it is you're giving, put it down in front of you on the table. You'll go to the pushka on the way out. A great person told me this. He said, you don't have to give anybody anything during the davening. If you want to, on the way out, put something in the pushka. There's nothing wrong. Uh, 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 you know, and, and big tzaddikim, what do they do? I'll tell you what they do. They put the money in the pushka before they're asked, before the guy goes around with shaking it and making noise and stirring everybody. And if he, he, They go over to the pushka when nobody sees it. Put, put it in quietly. And before davening, that's what a lot of people do. So if you want to be a tzaddik, don't be a tzaddik at the expense of the guy next to you because you want to give your tzedakah now. Okay, that's that's a, a personal uh, advice and I, I think it's very well supported by many, many, many places. <laughs> anyway, so if you have a real mechitza, it would help for the sitting. But a mechitza for standing and for walking in front of somebody, it would have to block the vision of between you and him. And therefore, for example, uh, another person standing there, some people hold is good even in front. Others hold it's not good in front, but some people hold that a person standing is a mechitza. My Rebbe, Rav Oshazim and Zatzal, was in the hospital. Uh, we're talking many years ago. And I, vi- I visited him in the hospital. And the Rebbetzin was there. So he said to me, Rabbi Yosef, move over to the Rebbetzin. So I moved over where the rabbits were standing. No, closer. I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, stand, oh, doctor, stand there. And he said a bracha. He said, the person in the next bed is not able to be clean. So I can't make a bracha here. 
But I, but if you, when you and my wife were standing there close enough, it made a din of mechitza. And then I was able to make, make a bracha. That was my rabbi. He was a big tzaddik. He had all cheshbined out. And he knew how much is the lovewood and this and that and what he had to do. And this, it was makbid, unbelievable things like this. Everything was oiske cheshbind. But that's the first time I th- even thought about the idea that human beings could be a mechitza, which they taka are, and this halacha as well. There could be a mechitza, if, if, especially if, it, if the person is big and, and, and he blocks the view of the other person. It certainly would form a, a mechitza. Okay. Now, uh, in the Zohar, as we said before, Either sides would also be usher. Most people that I know never thought of this and never even were aware of it. I'm not going to make a major deal of it because, basically, in terms of halacha, we usually go with the, what's in the Shulchan Aruch and not what's in the Zohar. So in Shulchan Aruch, it says not the sides, it only says in front. But the question is what is called front? Is it the man's vision? Excuse me. It's a man's vision. He can see a wide expanse. What is in front? Only his the width of the man himself. That's called in front. Or don't you think slightly to the sides is in front? Don't you think that that's his kavana is disturbed if you if you're walking back and you're exactly thirteen centimeters to uh, to the left of him? You don't think he sees it? You don't think his his Shimon Esrei is messed up, and you and you are going to do your three steps back, full three steps, not minis, full three steps, and then you're going to bow extensively to the left and to the right and to the front. So you're gonna you're gonna do as some people do a, a, a you know three steps back and bowing, major procedure, and you don't think. It's going to catch this man's view, point of view. If he's looking in the sitter, it's very hard not to be disturbed by this. The fact that you're a few centimeters off from in front of him, it can't be really called not in front of him, but to the sides. The sides mean the sides. When you're standing, sitting next to him, standing next to him, that's called the sides. It's not called the sides if it's an easy vision of where you are. Well, really, that takes, I mean, it really is, it, it's difficult halacha to fulfill. Now, there are exceptions, and there are legitimate atayim. So I'm going to go through some that are printed in the Piske Chuvos, on page Tuf Shin Peyalov. And also there's a few, I don't know if you want to do anything on the on the web, I was suggested not to mention it, but there's a halachapedia which basically I think took this and put it into English. If you look that up about the four four feet about staying away from the person who's davening for the four amas, you'll get on halachapedia uh, pretty much an English discussion of it, pretty much the same things. Anyway, it says like this. For a mitzvah that's overus, 
for a mitzvah that's going to pass, that's going to be over and you're not going to be able to make it up. If I wait that 10 minutes or five minutes or even two minutes for this man to finish his davening, he's really taking a long time, then things are going to happen. I'm going to miss Tefillah Betzibur. I have to pass here to go to the next minion. Or to Kayakadish or Kadush or Barchu. These are things I really want to do. And I can't make it up because whatever it was, it meant it's done already. Or Kohanim, Tuchening, or Krisa Torah, things like that. You're going from to the base Madras to learn Torah, and you have a, a Seder that starts right now. And, and so these are mitzvah veris. So do you have a hat that'll walk in front of the man? Who's Davin The answer is no. But at least you could, the question about the sides, if it's a somewhat to the sides, you could be more lenient. But to walk right in front of him is no heter, even though you're going for mitzvah overus. The most famous story that I heard was from Moshe Feinstein. But I heard different versions, and I was looking for it, and I couldn't get it in time today. But I could tell you where, where, where some of these are printed. There's a sefer I mentioned before, Dalad Amos Shel Tefillah. If you can get a hold of that Sefer and look in the end of chapter 10, which means Parak Yud, you'll see over there a bunch of stories. The Stipler of Ramosha Feinstein, a number of great Sadiqim that we had, and how Makbed they were on the not going in front of somebody, and how they rebuked people who, who daven in places that made it impossible for people to pass. It's like a, it's like a person puts his foot into the Rishus Harabim, you know, in this, in the shul or the yeshiva. A big familiar used to say, you stick your foot out in the aisle, that's a boar Rishus Harabim. So, it's, you know, we always chuckled. It's a boar Rishus Harabim. You're making a, a hole in the public thoroughfare and person can get hurt. But even if they don't get hurt, why should you be in a position to make people go out of their way to avoid your feet sticking out in their shusarabim, sticking out in the aisle? Put your feet near your stender. Put your feet in, not in the aisle. Let people use the aisles for what they're made for. You can't steal their, their rights to walk through there. And the same thing with the Shimon Esrei. What David Feinstein said to me, Tell the people to go to the front of Daven. If go to the front of Daven, then they wouldn't be disturbing anybody by waiting and waiting and waiting for the man to finish his Shemun Esrei. It would be the simplest thing. It would be a chesed. And this is really what started me working today. I don't think I'm going to finish everything. It always happens that way. But I'll get to close to it. But the thing that I wanted to stress, I wasn't doing this because I'm angry with the guy. No, we ended off fine. But I asked him to ask his rov, his posek, whether really he's doing the right thing. Because we're supposed to live together. Whether I agree with you in halacha, or I don't agree with you in halacha, but we're supposed to be living together. And just like husband and wife, a brother and sister, mother and father, in the same house. You've got to respect each other. I can disagree with you, but I have to respect you. I have to respect what you're doing. I can't make life difficult for you. I have the right to put my 
thoughts on your and make you responsible. If I if I hold, there's no problem walking in front of anybody, and you don't want to walk in front of me. Well, you're not going to walk in front of me, and therefore I'm making you wait. What? Why do you do that? Why should you want to do that to anybody? Even if I I told them I said even if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm going to do. Do you really have a right to do this? Is this what your rabbanim wants you to do? I said ask them. I pretty much doubt. That if he asked any Rav, the Rav would say, ah, that man is a fanatic. <laughs> he would say, you know, there are people who do that. It's in Shulchan Aruch. It's not a bad idea, as a matter of fact. And if you don't want to do it, so you don't have to do it, maybe, maybe. But but you certainly should respect people's rights to, to daven. And if you're finishing five or ten minutes after everybody left already. <laughs> so maybe, you know, you should be davening in the front and not disturbing other people. It isn't a, it's a, like a no-brainer. I don't, I don't think he had the, if he got to a rabbi, I don't think the rabbi told him differently. Anyway, I want to just, uh, tell you there are cases, of course, where you could be a little lenient, covered a brius, situation like that, person got to the bathroom, then you don't have to worry about this. So you have to go out to the bathroom. It's a big mitzvah. You'll have to do a lot of things for that. And, uh, that's a different story. If a, they say you also, if a child isn't disturbing the whole davening, and maybe I would say your cell phone is over on the other side. Maybe you have to do something about it. So there may be reasons why uh, the Rav might say that you have a hetter. I'm not going to go into it. There is a shyle about whether he covers his head with a talus, whether that works. There are some people with eyes closed, all the davening, and people who do have the talus over their head, really over their head, because they're really crying and they don't want you to see it. So there are people like that. Discuss it with a Rav. I'm not going to say now what the, what the luck is. It's all discussed. These are all topics that are discussed. What I would like to say is that uh, bottom line, we got to be careful. Oh wait, I mean, I'm going to. I don't not going to do it now. But there's a whole discussion about what you should do while you're waiting. What things can you answer and which things can't you answer? You can't say Baruch Hu, Baruch Shemot. But, and you can't say, uh, like certain things like, for example, uh, uh you know, the, let's say uh, certain things you do in an abbreviated form. I'm not going to tell you, you can ask your Rav what things you could say. I've asked many Rabbanim over the years and many of them told me different answers. Basically, there are Rabbanim who will say you can do, finish all the davening, whatever you want. And uh, that's that, that's not a problem, but Baruch Hu Baruch Shemo, things like that, you should not be answering then. And uh, Baruch Hu Baruch, Sh- and let's say for example, um, okay, and yeah, but some people have been learning Torah then, and others don't. This is this is a matter for you to discuss with a rav. I don't want to. Uh, mislead anybody and say anything that would, would, would confuse you. Now we come pretty close to the end. I see there was some Rabbi, question. Yeah. I know that uh, some uh, uh, rabbi said that if you have a table in front of you. The table okay. has to be, no, the table works for sitting, but for standing and walking in front of somebody, the vision is this, is what's disturbing. At the table, first of all, the table doesn't go down to the floor. 
The average table has holes in it, and it's not called lovud. We won't discuss that. And even if it would be lovud to the ground, the table's this high, say, let's say, you know, uh, 10 tefachim high, or maybe even a drop more. If the table were up to your eyes, then it would block it. It's but if, he, if the problem is disturbing, if the mechitza for this, a mechitza for, 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 the, for, uh, you know, for an Arab, uh, you know, for the height of the sukkah is the ten tefachim. We, some things we have ten tefachim high. And other things, mazi molaya einav. For example, mechitza in a shul. You can't say I have ten tefachim high in a shul. No orthodox shul, no orthodox shul would allow ten tefachim high as a mechitza. So it's a mechitza for some things, but not for vision. Just like in a shul, it wouldn't work. Okay? Or even the dancing at the chazanas. Yeah, I need more room there. I just want to, I don't know if I'm going to finish anything, everything I want, but I want to read this piece because it's really very exciting to me. Roy lechol adom ha shemarich so. I'm reading from Piskei Chubas, not, not Rav David Feinstein. Roi lechol adam hayomarich betfilaso. Every person who's who davens long, limtzolo makom tefila b'makom she ain overim sham. He should get a place where people don't pass by. The aim is palin lefonav, and nobody is going to be in front of him. Asher yitztarhu lahamtim im gimel hapsios. They shouldn't have to wait to take the three steps back. Until he finishes davening. And this he quotes in the name of Shalos and Shuvah's Ma'at Mayim and Shuvah's Vanagos, which is Rabbi Sternbach from Eretz Israel. And Toysvah's Chayim and that's all he has here. But definitely this is the same Eitzvah that I was hearing from David Feinstein. Now, there's a story, many stories. I told you the stories are interesting stories are the ones in the back of Dalit Amos Shaltafila. And they are, uh, they're, they're stories about people disturbing by, you know, by not allowing people to pass by. And the rabbis tell them, even in the middle of davening, to move out of the way. So there is definitely, uh, you know, sources for, Positions that I mentioned over there. I just want to end because I have to. I promised the people who pay attention, we're going to give them, we're going to give $10 to everybody who's still here on the radio. If you want to get the $10, it's $10 off Kashmir's Magazine. Instead of $28, it's $18. You can call 718 336 8544. 718-336-8544 and you'll have a $10 savings just for listening to me as I suffered through this and you suffered with me. And also, if you want to, you can email us at kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com 
or calls at 718-336-8544 and we'll get you the Cautious Magazine and you're going to get the Kosher Supervision Guide and everything else with it, all included and the $10 savings. You can have as long as you want and there's no limit on this because I want uh, I wanted everybody to, to try the hardest they could to pay attention to this important uh, program that I had today, even though it was difficult to listen to me. Hopefully next week, this is your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashas Magazine. I hope to return next week in full, f- f- in full voice. Amen. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening.